The blow up, the blow up, the blow up. Where do we begin with this mind cluster trap of a story? <laughs> there are so many things going on. And it, first of all, like never judge a story by its title. Blow up, n- no clue that it was about photography. No clue. Mm. Especially mm. when you don't think of how photography is today. And I think that's why this story is so appropriate especially in a time frame of 2023 when our world is so revolving around video and photography. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, putting it out on the table, right? So not, it's not necessarily a hard story, but it's not like a straightforward story. You know what I mean? With like thoughts being interrupted, parentheses everywhere, constantly looking up at the sky, the stream of consciousness that kind of floats about it it reminds me a little bit of how we're reading that book, Ulysses, how there's like a lot of details in there. And and you as a reader are jumping and in, in moving in between all these thoughts. And, and you have these really profound statements about why do I write? Like, well, how do I become, you know, like part of, of reality and, and in pictures and what those capture and inventing biographies for, for a scene? There's a lot of really deep thoughts in there. And it's presented in a way that's it's very how we think, like just jumping around between a whole bunch of details, and it's hard to pick out uh, exactly where we're going sometimes. Two or three years ago before doing this channel, I would have been lost and absolutely hated this story. But after learning and growing and, and your help, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this because we're jumping from what, first person to third person? I think there's even second person in there, which is like unheard of, right? Only Faulkner does that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so I think this is one that if you're going to read this story, know what you're getting into, that it is a tough read. It is worth it. But if this is something that you're going to have to think about and you're not just going to be able to absorb, digest, and analyze, you're really, really going to have to get into the nitty gritty to understand maybe what this story is about. Right. So jumping into it, photography, right? When we talk about taking a picture, there's a lot to be said about what does that mean? Because you're literally freezing for time immemorial, as long as that picture exists digitally or physically, a particular scene in a particular moment, right? It's it's the idea that our, our memories are faulty, but at the same time, a picture isn't isn't the whole story. Right. The way that this guy invents the narrative behind it and the way that, you know, have you ever been with one of those people like there's just I'm thinking of this one particular person take a picture (laughs) every week and every week she's like, oh, my hair. Oh, I'm making this funny face like she hates how she looks in pictures. And every time I see the pictures is her. Right. Like she has this confirmation bias where she thinks she looks awkward or she thinks she looks goofy, but it, it it's just her. Right. It's she's inventing a story in the same way that this guy is inventing a biography for this boy and this woman without actually knowing them. Like we capture a moment and then we still are like, even though it's a thousand words, right, we're still inventing so much around that picture that isn't there for a lot of people. Two things. Uh, First of all. I create the opposite because I'm very photogenic. <laughs> I'm oh, the pretty on one. So I look <laughs> I look much better in a in a video. I look much better in a, a, a photograph than I do in person. Uh, but the second thing is, I think that we're all used to that creating narratives because that is the human consciousness. When we first meet somebody, we we judge them. 
immediately on their their physicality and then we start to talk to them and then fill in these gaps of who they are or who we thought they were. So I think that's very, very normal for a lot of us to create those narratives. I know my wife, who is uh, you know, a therapist, as I've talked about many times on the channel, she says that it is very normal for us to when we're having conversations with someone to create a narrative, but it's even more common for people to create these narratives in their head about conversations that they might have with somebody, mm -hmm. which is kind of mm -hmm. crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So, so I mean, in terms of what this story is, he takes a picture of, of this little boy and this older woman. First, he thinks it's son and then a mother. And then he starts to realize like, oh, this little boy might be coaxed into some thing that the woman's planning. But he doesn't know. He, 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 he literally just takes the picture and, you know, if you notice his job is, I, unless I read this wrong, again, it's all over the place. I don't think it's being a photographer. I think he's a translator by career, meaning that he takes something that's there and then translates it into something else. The same way that he's taking a photo with photography. And then we translate the meaning and such afterwards. It's like, like, like they always say art is in the eye of the beholder, right? So he, he is a photographer captures this moment between the two and while it's the cliche line like a picture says a thousand words as we've talked about we say it captures a moment of time as we've talked about well here's an interesting thing because if we look at time as this continuum of, of if if this happens then this happens and this happens right well his picture interrupts whatever was about to happen between the woman and the little boy mm -hmm. we're never gonna know Right. But we're going to invent this biography where literally capturing the moment also alters the future and alters what could have happened and alters what we think might actually be doing. So in the same way that your wife's talking about how we're inventing all these things that could happen. So, too, are we inventing these stories that actually could also change what's about to happen in the way that the photo interrupts the moment, too? That brings me to the very first line of the story, which I think is important. It says, it'll never be known how this has to be told in the first person or in the second, using the third person plural or continually inventing modes that will be served for nothing. Because I found myself inventing a story within the story about a guy who is coming up and creating a narrative in the story. <laughs> it was yeah. it was crazy because my whole time I thought, is this lady a prostitute? And the guy in the, the, the background is, is her pimp and the little boy is trying to get a prostitute for the first time. That's why he's all squirmy. That's what my brain came up with. And I think that mm. says more about me than anything else. But that was my narrative because I'm thinking this is what the photograph would show to me is a young 11, 12, 13 year old boy trying to get to, to get a prostitute for the first time. And some guy interrupts this, the guy, the little kid freaks out. And then the pimp in the background who wants to get paid gets mad. Like, that's what my brain came up with. <laughs> mm. Well, in a way too, the title blow up, as you mentioned, is interesting because you didn't think photography right away. And he's blowing up the picture. He's making it bigger and bigger. So he can, can so he can kind of like relive it, reexamine it. And in the same way, you're taking a particular small moment without enough details and you're blowing up the importance. You're blowing up the meaning. You're adding a translator's note to reality. 
in a lot of regards, which is kind of the human experience, the same way that we go through the story of this man who's, you know, experiencing colors, the color of the sky changes. And, and speaking of which, he does look at the sky an awful lot. We haven't read a ton of Cortazar, but if you remember the other story we read was the night face up, which revolved around looking up again at the sky. I wonder if that's something with Cortazar, like in terms of looking up at the sky, you know, if we're talking about perspective and translation, it's interesting, it's interesting to think about, you know, what would a, a bird's eye view of the scene mean, right? Someone looking down from the sky, it, you fill in your mind of who that is, but looking down of, of who really understands what's happening here. Because all we know is that the woman wants the picture back. She's flustered. The boy was scared, embarrassed ran away and this other man's coming in and, and butting into the situation, right? Like, like what is that perfect bird's eye view from the sky of what this actually moment means in time? I found myself thinking of if I had this picture and I think it's very relevant of the time frame of this and why I said at the beginning that it's more relevant nowadays. I thought of, Blowing up a picture when this story took place is very different from what you and I and maybe our viewers would think of blowing up a picture where we would take and we would expand our fingers to zoom in on our supercomputer that is our mm. phone in our pocket mm. and the details that we would have on our picture is very different. And the philosophical idea of what information would we have? What story could we tell with that information? And as you talk about the bird's eye view, think of like, I don't know, Google cameras. You know, you go to Google World or you go to your Apple Maps and they're able to see everything. It just, it feels so relevant to today of how we're able to see people's lives captured in a single moment of a house, or a person, a car, a smile, a sneer, love, a laugh. It's all there captured in a single moment. But what does it truly mean? And I think that's what he's trying to figure out with this photograph. What does this moment, this one little second in history mean to him, the boy, the woman, and the bystander i guess we'll call him i call him the pimp <laughs> i think let's go back to that book that we read last year war and peace a large very big treatise on what is man's purpose in time and events there's a lot there that and i think i kind of continually return to that book and the thought of it more so than i thought there's a quote in here that made me think about that. Let me read this to you real quick. I raised the camera, pretended to study a focus which did not include them, and waited and watched closely, sure that I would finally catch the revealing expression, one that would sum it all up. Life that is rhythmed by movement, but which a stiff image destroys, taking mm. time in cross-section. If we do not choose the essential, imperceptible, fraction of it so i think this makes me kind of question can you really capture a moment in time or is that just like so many times like you know like those gurus whenever you ask them a question they're always like it depends right and you're like oh my gosh every single time like can you just give me an answer <laughs> but but context in this situation is time 
is movement, is life. And taking a particular slice destroys a lot of that movement and meaning that we have in life too, potentially, is one way to look at it. And here's this man obsessing over this one moment and this one thing where, what is that child's, okay, let's, let's take your interpretation of this. What led the child to want that? What led the child to need that, 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 that experience? Why did the woman engage that? How did the woman come into contact with him, if not by the pimp? And how did that pimp meet that little boy? There's a huge story where this could be blown up into a large novel, per se, of like what led to these moments too, right? And destroying a a life means, you know, just, just focus on one key thing, but miss out on all that context is one way to look at it. So uh, a lot here, uh, so many things we can talk about. Does this photograph capture the real world? I would say no, because it's like trying to discern what is a movie about from a movie poster. It is a, a slice, and that's it. Mm. You can, it can't be done. However, do you think that if Cortazar would have seen what we have today, our technology now, where sometimes maybe if you accidentally put it on your, your iPhone or your Android phone, you take you go to take a picture, right? And you don't take a picture. You take that like eight second picture where it shows like the person moving or whatever. And then it is in a still frame. You have a little bit more context. You see the person actually almost alive. What does that mean? Mm. Does that give you more information? But then I think about, and I play devil's advocate for myself. Is this the true Uno and crypto? Is this really us? Because you can edit this. You can fix this. If I say something wrong, you know, if there's, uh, you know, a flash or I spill something, for instance, we can pause and you can fix it in post. Is this, is this really us? Right? <laughs> I don't and, know. And here's a funny thing is, is like you, you just rambled off some funny things. What the audience doesn't know is that we were just recording and you literally did spill this glass <laughs> all over the ground. And we had to take a five minute break because you had to kind of clean it up. Like, yeah, like this video doesn't capture that, right? Like that actually yeah. is kind of, you know, okay. You got some irony in there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that the medium of photography is unique, but it, it also is disingenuine in a way. It can harness the past, and it's wonderful because now we know what Abraham Lincoln looks like. We, we know some of these you know tragic and wonderful moments, and who wouldn't give to go back and take a picture of a true dinosaur, right? Even that would give us more than what we have now, but it still isn't actual life. And I think that's maybe mm -hmm. one of the key components that I pulled out of the story is that it isn't real life. No matter how wonderful video and movies and photography is, it, it, it isn't, it, it can't compare to what is actual sustenance of life. It can't be, it can't be enough by itself, right? Like it could be a huge piece of the puzzle. I'm so thankful that we have it, but it's not enough to tell the whole story, right? So let us know what your thoughts are of this story and what other Cortazar uh, short story should we read next? I mean, this was only our second one. We're still learning about him as an author, learning a lot about him because, my gosh, this man can write. Uh, definitely need to check out more. Let us know what we need to check out next. My name has been Una. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>